What's up? What's happening, everybody? Welcome back, and thank you for listening. We are a one week away from Election Day, and you are listening to Thinking Logically. And I am joined by the good doctor himself, Dr. Corsi. Joe, what's going on over there in beautiful Beaver County? Uh, I was actually in uh, Allegheny County today. I ventured in. We had some pictures we had to take. Family, it's going to be our Christmas pictures, I believe. So first time, me, my wife, and the son, and the dogs. It was a little bit hectic, and uh, I'm exhausted. I'm not going to lie. This is it's a big ask. It's a big ask for us. Yeah. You're, you're, you're new up here in a little bit, man. I'm, I'm telling you, the, the first 10 weeks, it, it's rough, but it, it gets easier. But yeah. uh, Getting down are, the nitty-gritty for you. We are in baby month uh, by the due date, November 25th, so we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, you were telling me that you were actually supposed to do some shoot on the north side, but your photographer um, cited gang violence in the north side of Pittsburgh, uh, and she recommended a different location. Isn't that unbelievable, Joe? I mean, we never had to worry about this stuff, and all of a sudden, Pittsburgh is becoming, I mean, the wild, wild west. I mean, there's the shootings. If it's not every day, it's every other day. I mean, homicides are up. It was at the funeral of the first shooting. Right, right. I mean, clearly gang violence. Yeah, they arrested the, the, the two, a 19-year-old and a 16-year-old. Have you no respect, though, at a funeral or like, I, there's got to be just... They shot up a funeral. I mean, you hear about this stuff in the Middle East. Not not here. It's crazy, but... But you, you turn on CNN and MSNBC and, and it's like, hey, it's not, you're crazy. The crime is not that bad. Are you out of your mind? It's all it's all political violence. Yeah, it's all it's all from it's all from the far right, far right extremists. Yes, it is extremists and political violence and and, and white nationalists and stuff like that. Yeah. The election deniers. Jeez. Uh, well, we are one week away from election day. We've been talking about our plans for for election night. We still haven't finalized those yet, so uh, we are playing around with the idea of a live stream um on some sort of platform or just doing a a live podcast um that will air the following day so we are still trying to uh, iron out our election night plans but obviously we're very excited and we know that uh we are setting expectations very low for election night we know that we're not going to get results in some races uh possibly a few uh we possibly know all pennsylvania yeah possibly all um, especially in states that don't have pre-canvassing. And we're going to get into those polls uh, later that um, we see new polls coming out every day as we head up to election day. But you can just feel the momentum, Joe. I mean, you can just feel the shift coming. Like everyone seems like people are breaking toward the Republicans. You know, what what, did, what was that one poll that just came out? Like 79% of this people in this country think feel the country is, quote unquote, out of control. Yeah. <laughs> So that's a good way to put it. Yeah. But hey, um, all right, let's dive into this. We had a very long episode last week. So um, actually our longest one to date. And uh, we are going to keep this under an hour, hopefully. But we're going to lead off with, boy, um, we just saw, we mentioned it last week, um, the Paul Pelosi attack in San Francisco. But uh, Hillary Clinton was, course um quick to 
quick to call out far-right extremists on, the, on this politically motivated attack. And you got to love Elon Musk. And he dissolves the board of Twitter. All nine people dissolve. Chief Twit. Chief, Chief, Chief Twit now. Yeah, yeah, now he's, I think he has a different title now. He's um, hotline, Twitter hotline yeah. operator, complaint operator. That's probably a lot more fun, I'm sure. Yeah. But Hillary Clinton, and, and, and let me back back up. He said that the the dissolving of the board was temporary, so he plans to appoint a new board at some point. But now he's he's in the he's in the cockpit right now of Twitter. So Hillary Clinton, quick to call out this far right extremist, quote unquote, and Elon Musk had a great reply to her. Joe, what do you have on this one? Well, he deleted the tweet. He did but delete the tweet. Yep. It was the, the Santa Monica Times. I've never heard of the paper before, but it was suggesting that uh, Mr. Mr. Pelosi had a male prostitute over, and it was some kind of issue like that that it had nothing to do with political violence at all. And do I believe that? Do I think it's possible? Yeah, I think it's possible. It's 2022. Come on, let's be serious. Um he deleted the tweet. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why he deleted it, but it raises a lot of questions because we really don't have anything when it comes to this attack. It's it's Mark. I brought up earlier the guy in the police report was in his underwear. How how did he get to the house? Where's his clothes? Where's his vehicle? Or are they telling us that? He walked 18 miles to the Pelosi house and somehow got in. And then there's the weird glass. Like you see the picture of the broken glass outside. Well, it's the the broken glass is on the outside. And the hole to get in is only like 12 inches or so. So how the hell is he going to fit through that? So again, it does ask, raise some questions there. And then, and then all of a sudden he's charged federally. Which, okay, I get it, but it just makes me think, is this so the feds can take control of the investigation and then control the narrative? We have no answers at all. Like, we could go through the timeline and none of it makes any sense. We don't know who the third party was that opened the door. Why was there a third party that opened the door? Why did they both have hammers at the same time? Why, when the police came in, was this man able to strike Mr. Pelosi twice without being shot dead. I, I, I don't know. It, it, there's still so many questions that are unanswered, but we're just told it's political violence. Shut up. We're, we're, you're supposed to believe it's political violence. No questions asked. I think this is getting turned over to the feds because apparently, according to the filing here, the criminal complaint, this is an assault on the immediate family member of a federal official. Attempted yes, kidnapping I, of a federal official. I get that. So I think that's why it's getting turned over to the feds. How, how was he going to kid? Who said he was going <clears> to <throat> kidnap him? How was he going to kidnap him with no car and no clothes? Who was going to track him on the road and hitchhike? Well, uh, apparently he sense. admitted. Well, apparently he admitted that he was planning on um, kidnapping Nancy and zip tying her and breaking her kneecaps. Here's so the thing about the zip ties. They're not. They're not admitting that that there are zip ties. At least uh, the. The zip tie thing is something that got started by the media. Let me tell you what's happening here, okay? The news organizations are using speculation that this so-called attacker was far-right, and they're using that as a basis for reporting. He wasn't far-right. So 
I don't get where we're going with this. It sounds like maybe a best case scenario for for the Paul Pelosi side of it. This is just some crazy guy, some insane guy that's maybe a schizophrenic. I I don't know, but what the media is doing again is at what point is it criminal? So why can't we see the body cam footage? Usually, I mean, th- there's an election at stake. Is if there's political violence, that's that's on an upcoming election. Let's be serious. We should be able to see that. Why can't we see the, the police cam footage? Well, we've seen police cam footage from other places like um, um, Waukesha, Wisconsin, or Kenosha, I should say. Um, we've seen we've seen you know body cam footage, police footage of of other of other you know high profile attacks in the media. My my biggest question, and we mentioned this last week, is. How on earth are you breaking in to the third ranking member of the United States government's house with a hammer? And, and when you do break in, how are you so skilled that you could make it look like the glass is only on the outside of the house and it's only 12 inches? How are you crawling through that? And he goes up into Pelosi's, Paul Pelosi's bedroom. And somehow Paul Pelosi has a phone and charging in the bathroom that he asks to use the restroom and he calls 911 from the bathroom. And there, look, are, there, there are a lot he, of things that don't add up. He there. calls him a friend on the 911 call, but I could I could I could get with the argument. I'll play devil's advocate and you could say like, okay, I'm being held hostage and this guy's crazy. I'm going to say, yeah, he's a friend just to keep him calm. I can get with that. But what I can't get with is all the physical evidence and the fact that he actually got inside the house, who called the police? I heard it was a welfare check. Now I'm hearing someone actually did call 911. They knocked on the door and were let in. This is the this is the house of the third in line to the United States government, the federal government. <laughs> it, and it, we're it, told it's, it's, it's we're being sold that it's political violence and shut up. It's nothing else but political violence. If you ask any other questions, it's offensive to the victim. This he, man, beat him twi- he beat him twice with a hammer for the cops who was never shot or tased. With the cop present. With the cops there. The cops didn't... That is a fact. The cops witnessed him hitting Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. While they were both holding hammers. Both in their underwear? Or am I getting anything wrong here? I uh, I don't think so. Uh, this, this very well could be a politically motivated crime. Um, by a absolute lunatic who has serious mental issues. That very well could be the case here. But to say that it's someone from the far right is is just bullshit. I mean, we have here this interview from uh, it was a um, his former lover, I believe. Uh, where is this here? The Pape lived with a notorious local nudist in a Berkeley home, not a bastion of um, far right extremism, I would say, but Berkeley, Cal Berkeley complete with a Black Lives Matter sign in the window and an LGBT rainbow flag emblazoned with a marijuana symbol hanging from a tree. This is where he lived. Um, Mark, the, what, the about, what, about the, what about the far-right websites that he claimed, the, the QAnon websites? And the, yes. the, well, you know, those were actually fabricated. They were created... One was... the I don't know, computers. One was created in, like, September or something, late August or September... It had nothing on it until like Friday. The Gateway Pundit, I, I think, did a did a story on it, but that was very easy to debunk. That 
the websites literally were just created like a month and a half. So this guy got radicalized literally a month and a half ago, I guess. Yeah. A nudist. I, well, yeah. What I know about the family is that they're very radical activists. This is what the neighbors said. They seem very left. They are all about the Black Lives Matter movement, gay pride, but they're very detached from reality. They have called the cops on several of the neighbors, including us, claiming that we are plotting against them. It's really weird to see that they are willing to be so aggressive towards somebody who is also a lefty. I mean, this guy just is probably a complete lunatic who, who lost his shit, went into Pelosi's house, somehow got in without, around security. We still don't know that. Was there no security there because Nancy was in Washington, D.C.? Could be. I'm not saying that's, you know, not out of the question, but could be. You know, um, I still find it hard to believe that there was no security there around the clock. I mean, they're worth... How, how, how many millions of dollars, Joey, in the hundreds of millions of dollars? Tell me you can't have security there? Like you said, she's the third-ranking yeah. member of the government. Unbelievable. Uh, okay, so let the, here's the possibilities I can think of just, just, just right now off the top of my head. This could be, and I know it's not, far-right political violence, which is what the news is saying. Or After all the evidence and all the things we just told you, is it possible that this could be a gay lover spat. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Could this be a FBI setup, like in the Gretchen Whitmer case of someone that's mentally insane? Could the Pelosi's have just set up this crazy man to score points ahead of the midterm? We just saw this with Carrie Lake and another crazy person for some reason broke into Katie Hobbs' HQ and they, they tried to blame it on Carrie Lake until the person was arrested. We're going to get to the Fetterman burning frankenstein burning sign over here later but yeah it's 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 everywhere and they're getting like they're, they're trying to set this up as far-right political violence or it's people on the right or maga people or election deniers i i, I don't know use as many adjectives as, as you want to i don't care what what can this be don't tell yeah. me this is far-right political violence when the guy has a marijuana flag, whatever, LGBTQ marijuana flag. I'd never even seen those before. And he's living in a bus, okay? And he's a nudist. In, in California. In California. If that, and here's another point. If that guy is MAGA, then they lost the election. It's over. Forget it. You ain't going to get 10, you ain't going to get 10% of the vote. Well, um, yeah, that, so, again, we'll, we'll see what comes out with this story. If there's anything else that comes out, I'm going to go with no. Um, we're not going to find out the actual truth. You know who um, I saw actually posted something on uh, her Instagram account was Candace Owens. She is looking for anyone who has any information on this story um, because she wants to do a little bit of investigating herself with this. So if anyone has anything on this, it might be Candace Owens, but it might be a few days or a couple weeks. We'll see. Um, all right. Do we have anything else on, on this story? On this political violence that, that from MAGA people? No. Yeah. We did. Did you mention Lee Zeldin or Brett Kavanaugh? Oh, no, I did not actually. That is a, how, how did I skip over that? So, Okay, I did tell you to skip over those points. They, they they want to label this stuff as political violence so bad, but like Mark said, where were they on these Zeldin both times? 
and also on Brett Kavanaugh over the summer. But it goes back all the way to the Capitol Hill shooter of 2017, if you remember that. That guy was a Bernie bro, and he specifically asked. If you don't know, there was a shooting at a baseball game at a Republican practice um, 2017, and Steve Scalise was shot and almost died. I don't know if anyone else, but the shooter was killed. And I think a couple uh, Secret Service guards, something, bodyguards were, 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 were shot too, but were fine, ended up living at least. Um, but the guy asked, are these Democrats or Republicans? And when they answered Republicans, he started shooting them. But that's not political violence, apparently. Or the, the summer riots of 2020. There's actually an entire article. Just, just Google Bunker Boy Trump. And they describe that Trump was a, a scared little boy that had to hide in his bunker whenever they tried to storm the White House in, what was it, Mark, June of 2020, early June of 2020. There's videos and stuff. I mean. Yep. Um, Real quick, yeah. I'm just going to read one more headline. This is from MSNBC. And it's on Twitter. Nancy's Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's husband is recovering in a hospital named after someone whose social media platforms have helped make him a target. <sighs> the irony. <laughs> Zuckerberg Hospital. And they're now they're bla- it's, it's it's Facebook's fault. It's because yeah. they allow right wing extremism on Facebook. They don't ban people. Yeah. We'll get to that later. But all right, let's move on to Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster, Frankenstein, and Fireburn. So over the weekend in Lawrence County, you got you got to you got you got to just look at the picture. Honestly, this is from John Fetterman. He tweeted this out. This happened last night on a farm in Deep Red, Lawrence County. There is no place for violence and intimidation in politics. Our campaign is about bringing people together and rejecting hate plus extremism. All Pennsylvanians should feel safe should feel safe to follow their political support. And it's a picture, I'm not joking around, of a, you could tell it's a Fetterman sign because there's still the Etter, Etterman is still not burned yet, but it's in mid-burn. The, the sign is in mid-burn. And he's trying to say that this is a right-wing maniac or lunatic lit the sign on fire and somehow they were still able to catch or the, while it was still on flames. That's great timing. That's great timing. Like you said, it had to have been a thin piece of paper to look like that. I mean, it just, come on. Oh, wait, hold on. I, I got a good, oh, my God. I got a good Fetterman clip here. So this is from a couple couple years ago when he was mayor of Braddock. He wants to talk about taking down signs. Let's play this from the local news station. And get this. It is showing that man right there. He is a local mayor. And believe it or not, what he's headed to do, he's about to vandalize the sign at a local business in his town. Channel 4 Action News reporter Sheldon Ingram live tonight, or Sheldon is reporting the story. He says the mayor admitted he did it. Mayor John Fetterman shows us how he rearranged the wording on a club he doesn't even own. He actually knew he was captured by surveillance cameras, but he didn't care. In fact, he says he wanted to be seen on camera. I know that they have cameras out front, and it was my way of putting them on notice. So it was a very public way uh, that I chose to, you know, put them on notice that, Hey, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're going to shut you down and get, okay. <laughs> so that was finally, he was mayor to fuck around with signs, but apparently now. So a couple of things, um, that prove this is total, just Jesse Smollett shit. First off, you got to look at the picture. The wood portion of the sign isn't even burnt. Also the sign, like I said, has been burned just enough to leave the last half for you to know whose sign it was. 
the closer the grass on the ground, not on fire or burnt. There's a little tiny piece on, but nothing else is burned at all. And unless the sign, like Mark said, was made out of a thin sheet of paper, there's no way it would burn that fast. It's probably plastic, actually, meaning it would probably take a few minutes. But think if you saw this in your yard. Like, would your first reaction would be, honey, honey, there's a fire in our yard. Quick, grab the camera. Grab the camera. I, I can't believe you. you got to look at the picture. Why you would post this and try to say that a far-right political extremist on, did this? And, this, came and, from, this came from John Fetterman's Twitter account. The actual blue check mark, yes. You have to look it up and see the picture. Amazing. Well, it's not amazing because <clears throat> this is this is the kind of intelligence we're, we're dealing with. Hold on. What do you think the Mark from the sound department here? Is, and should the Biden jumping on a little bit. So this is Fetterman. I believe this is today. He was with Don Lemon on CNN, and this is him explaining. This is probably your next senator if you guys want to keep fucking around. This is probably going to be your next senator talking about inflation. So here we go. We'll play the clip. Well, let's talk about inflation because that's a big concern for voters. What do you think the biggest cause of inflation is? And should the Biden administration be doing more? I, I just do. I, I think the, it, that simply is also, Leah, this talk about the trillions in, in massive tax uh, tax uh, cuts to the corporate uh, tax structure as well. True. You know, trillions of dollars that have added to the deficit. And, and now they still want to support those as well. True. I think in terms of being very serious about addressing inflation is, is making sure that those rates are brought back into a line with what they, they should have been, uh, where they're able to uh, fight uh, the, 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 the deficit. Okay. So that's who you want for your next senator. By all means, vote for him. I dare you. That was an absolute word salad. It's it's all the same though. It's not. It used to be funny. Remember, like in July, Mark, and August, and even like September, we'd laugh. We fun. It's just all mumble jumble, and it's like it's go time now. Like it's, we can't have this. We can't have this in the Senate. Uh, we're. Uh, I'll, I'll I, I, I want to see it go all the way through, but we can't have that, right? Well, I'm going to tease what we're going to talk about in a little bit, but apparently Fetterman got a got a bump. Got a got a boost from his uh, debate. Where on his neck? <laughs> yeah, he got he got a he got a boost from his debate performance the other night. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Oh my god! Uh, All right. Next okay. up, we have um, the Atlantic. Uh, we'll call this a a, a left wing liberal rag publication. They want COVID amnesty for what happened the last two years. Joe, what are you t- what are they talking about here? Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. By Emily Oster. You know what I say, Mark? Tell them to go themselves. That. There's, there's no way. I'm sorry. We're not going to declare a pandemic amnesty. And we'll get into why later because people were deplatformed and everything for you. There's just there's there's so much. Okay, let me just start off by reading another another headline from the Atlantic, less than two years before this. Georgia's experiment in human sacrifice. The state is about to find out how many people need to lose their lives to shore up the economy. 
They were talking about opening businesses, Mark. What? They were talking about opening up businesses. And I actually don't need to say anything at all because this tweet right here by Matthew J. Peterson, it's at DocMJP on Twitter, said it all. And it's a little bit of a thread, but I'll read it all. So this is in response to the offering for let's do amnesty. That's not because, hey, sorry you lost your job because of the vax that doesn't work and your grandmother died alone and you couldn't have a funeral and your brother's business would ne- was needlessly destroyed and your kids have weird heart problems. But let's just admit we were all wrong and call a truce, eh? And then he goes on. It's too bad we shut down the entire economy and took on tyrannical powers that have never been used before in this country. Looking back, you should have been able to go to church and use public parks while we let people riot in the streets. But it was a confusing time for everyone. <laughs> oh, I'll go on. Hey, I'm sorry we scared, scared the hell out of you and lied for years and persecuted and censored anyone who disagreed. But there was an election going on and we really wanted to beat Donald Trump. So it was important to radically politicize the science, even if it destroyed your children's lives. Okay, yes, we said unvaccinated people should die and not get the health care while never questioning Big Pharma once. But we are compassionate people, which is why we which is why even though we shut down the entire economy, we also bankrupted the nation and caused inflation. You're welcome. Let's be friends. I say no deal. So they just want to say call a truce. I, I, I got to go no deal. I, I don't think you'll you'll like with the people like with like my fam, the family members and like friends and like normal people like that didn't hold positions of power. Yes, absolutely. With people that held positions of power. No, no. It's I haven't even begun to fight yet. Like, no, you're going to pay. They don't really I don't think they realize this. You see why they're so frantic. Oh, they're Absolutely very frantic. not. There will be no amnesty after what you've done. Especially when we get to the last topic before the disclose about how they've been deplatforming people and who it's been. All right. We should just get to that right now. Let's just jump right into that. Because honestly, you're not, I, I, I'm just, it's no deal for me. There will be no, there will be no amnesty. That, that article makes my blood boil. Uh, so we saw this information break a couple days ago, uh, actually yesterday. <clears throat> Leaked documents outline DHS, Department of Homeland Security, plans to police DIFF's information. Uh, this is <laughs> this is an unbelievable article, an unbelievable news story that came out. And this just goes to show you. And, and, and our listeners probably haven't heard of it. Haven't heard it. No I haven't seen it anywhere in the news. Although I really haven't watched the news in the last. I told you they they had Herschel Walker's accuser of that he wanted her to get an abortion on Good Morning America. He said, "But they don't cover this." Yeah, Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker's, um, you know, like like we said, you know, they had they had her on on Good Morning America about how he pressured her to have an abortion. But did you hear this? Something much more consequential to to your lives. Into all of our lives, Joe. Take it away. So this is from Lee Fang. He, I think, broke this story. Doc show Facebook and Twitter closely collaborating with the Department of Homeland Security, the F and the FBI to police disinformation and plans to expand censorship on topics like withdrawal from Afghanistan, origins of COVID, 
info that undermines trust in and info that undermines trust in financial institutions. Let me put it simply. And Mark, tell me if I'm wrong at all. Like I've been saying, the government has a hotline to Twitter and could boot you off social media if they don't like your views and deplatform you. They were meeting regularly to to to, to do every this, week. To talk about. Oh that. yeah, we'll get a, every week. They were meeting every week. Facebook, Twitter. They were meeting, and you know what they were meeting? They, they, they what do they think about the Hunter Biden laptop stuff though? Were they meeting then? Yeah, the, was that ever brought up? I have this. This just opens up so many more questions. So many more questions. Um, it said states that FBI agent uh, Laura. I don't even know how to say her name. Demlo was in communications with Facebook that led to the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020 over the false allegations that it was disinfo. This year, she met with Twitter Department of Homeland Security to stress we need immediate infrastructure that is held accountable. This is sickening. This is North. I don't know if I've used the quote on here, but I've said it to some of you numerous times. We basically live in North Korea with how our media is. Absolutely. You wonder how could they believe that woman talking with what how you guys believe Don Lemon and and Rachel Maddow, I'll I'll never figure it out. Never. What did you did you see CNN's new morning show with Don Lemon? Of course well, yeah, they gotta move them somewhere. <laughs> yeah. The fact that they were meeting regularly to to censor things and talk about disinformation or whatever you want to call it is unbelievable. And you know what? Elon must have known something because this is also from Lee Fang. The emails and documents show close collaboration between Department of Homeland Security and the private sector. Twitter's Vijaja Gadi, that was the one we said were fired by Elon Musk last episode or two episodes ago, met monthly with Department of Homeland Security to discuss censorship plans. Microsoft exec texted the Department of Homeland Security, platforms have got to get comfortable with government. A Microsoft exec texted that, and the text is there. It's on his, it's on his tweet. And he got, he got a lot of other stuff too. It's we could spend a whole episode on it, if if we if we wanted to. Well, um, remember, remember the governance board, the disinformation governance board that almost went through. What do you think that like? Well, this this is this is what it is, Joe. They, they just packaged it up and, and and called it something else. I mean, yeah. this is exactly what exactly what it is. The Disinformation Governance Board, except it's the White oh, House. This is, this is the best one right here, real quick. Department of Homeland Security official working on this info noted during an internal strategy discussion that the agencies had used third-party nonprofits as a clearinghouse for information to avoid the appearance of government propaganda. What's that mean, Mark? Translation, the fact checks you read and stuff like that are all sponsored by our government, and that's actually the disinformation. Yeah. You know how we're right? Because does the vaccine work? Does it stop you from getting COVID? Do masks work? There's, there's so many. Is Ukraine, this, that. So any fact check, it should be easier for you guys now. Fade them. Well, again, um, we're something I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. We're going to get an investigation into this, Joe. And we're going to have answers. And we're going to have answers sooner rather than later. And uh, when I say sooner, I'm talking probably early next year, hopefully. But you got to win. You have you gotta, to win. Well, we're going to win. You we, see why they're so de- – do you, do you understand why they seem so desperate? They cannot lose. Well, they're going to lose the house. 
that's almost a given. I mean, it's probably probably is a given. The only question now is the Senate. But well, we'll talk about those polls in a second. But Joe Biden, um, we, I just sent you this clip. Claimed his son died in Iraq for a second time. And he claims to have spoken to the man that invented insulin. Oh, I mean, yeah. Tell there. us more about that. Okay, I'll just, it, it speaks for itself. So I'll just play it mid through the clip here. And so what happened was we said, okay, you know how much it costs to make that insulin drug for diabetes? Cost. It was invented by a man who did not patent it because he wanted it available for everyone. I spoke to him, okay? I spoke to him, okay? So I had to look it up to be sure. But Biden is suggesting he spoke to Sir Friedrich Banting, who died in 1941. Not only was that before Joe Biden was born, it was before the Japanese even attacked Pearl Harbor. So, again, it raises the question, and we've asked numerous times in this podcast, is he talking to ghosts or spirits? Halloween has gone and passed, and it's still going on. <laughs> and this is just this next one. It's sad. This, this is sad because we, 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 we played this before on here where he mentions his son died. And, and I'm not going to play the whole thing, but he... I'll just play off. This is the second time. Yeah, and 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 like less than a month. Just changing the price. And they talk about inflation. You know, we're dealing with it for cold second. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, there's going to be the war in in Ukraine. And uh, I think in Iraq because that's where my son died. Yeah, no, he didn't. And, and you know, and he mental flubbed on Iraq too. Like it should be top of mind. Ukraine should be top of mind. Top of mind. We Where's Jackie? We, we can't do this over and over again. What what's gonna happen? This dude has no idea what's going on, sir. Like we're if we're on the verge of war, sir. The Russians are attacking. Who should we fire? Should we fire the missiles? Uh. Duh, uh Sir, can you imagine six more years of this? No, I can't. We can't do two. Yeah, you have to do Le- the Leslie Stahl voice. Sir, sir. Well, the, we can't. On. We can't confirm that, sir. This is six more years of Joe Biden. Can you imagine? I can't. I won't be able to. <laughs> and you have something about his southern dialect here. Does he, he just pick that up? Oh, Southern dialects always make me laugh, especially political ones like when Hillary Clinton did the Southern dialect, whatever. Brian Kelly oh. had a good had a good one. Oh yeah, oh the Brian Kelly one was good too. Yes, Bra- yes. Barack Obama had a good one. <laughs> Here's Joe Biden is actually terrible. Let's be honest, but it's Joe Biden because so it's funny. The senator from Florida going in for Medicare and Social Security. I tell you what, I don't know where they say Southern. Don't know where y'all been. Damn boy. I tell you, don't know where y'all been. Goddamn boy. Goddamn boy. <laughs> See, I can take stuff like that. But whenever whenever he repeatedly forgets, it's sad where his son died, or he's claiming he met people that are dead after they've been dead, or even people that, that were never alive in the same time period as him. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he shook <clears throat> Sir Friedrich's hand at one time. He turned around and shook his hand, and that's who he was shaking hands with. We just, <laughs> we're you know, we're we're the ignorant ones. 
All right. Um, let's get into some polls. We love polls. I love polls. And we have some great polls, beautiful polls for you. Uh, the best polls. That, They're the best polls. The best polls that we want to talk about. Now, keep in mind, this is from Trafalgar, the only, the only polling that we're going to quote in sight up until today, because we're going to talk about a new poll that came out. New York Times, Siena College poll that we'll get to. Um, but first, the new polling uh, as of yesterday. What do you believe the outcome of the 2022 federal midterm elections will be? 80.5% of respondents think Republicans are going to win at least one chamber. 50% say House and Senate. 30% say um, one chamber Democrats control the other. And only 19.5% believe the Democrats maintain control of the House and Senate. Now, the poll that I've been waiting to see, the New York governor race. Why you say you know? Why are you so worried about New York? New York, I think I I think New York has the number one pop like the number the n- number one state in the country where you have people leaving that state and moving to another state, namely Florida. And you wonder why? Why are people leaving New York? Well, I mean, you could point for different reasons. It's run by a bunch of liberals, liberal policies, high crime, um, the costs of living there is outrageous. <clears throat> and you could think the mayors of New York City, the Democratic governors there over the years. But now we have the Republican candidate, Lee Zeldin, has taken the lead in this race, 48.4% to 47.6%. I know it's less than a percentage, but this represents a shift in momentum for the Republicans nationally and especially Lee Zeldin, he had a amazing performance in his debate with Kathy Hochul the same night Fetterman melted down against Dr. Oz. Um, so I think you're seeing a little bump here for Zeldin. 4% of the voters in New York State are undecided. That is a major race to keep an eye on. Um, we have Herschel Walker within a, a percentage point of the incumbent Raphael Warnock in Georgia. Joe, I have a question for you, and I just saw this, and I'm going to ask you, and we haven't talked about this. Do you think Stacey Abrams could possibly bring down Raphael Warnock in Georgia? Do you think that the down-ballot races will, will, be, will favor the Republicans there? I never thought about that, but if, if you think about it, if rewind back a year ago, it should have been Stacey Abrams that was like the the one that was maybe like a percentage or a slam dunk even, and you would have thought Warnick would be the one that would be struggling to, to keep the seat. Now Abrams is done. Let's, let's just right stick a fork in her. She's done. I'm trying to find She's gonna, the last poll in Georgia here. I want to say she was down nine points or something. She was down she nine points as of October 11th. Is she bringing him down? Pro- probably. Something to consider. Something to consider. It's the same way as uh, it, <clears throat> Josh Shapiro. But the only thing is they all, I think they all look bad. And we, we don't have another debate here in Pennsylvania to go off of. Now, yeah. 
Stacey Abrams, I, she, you don't even need her to debate just on what she said. But from what I understand, she's pretty popular in the state of Georgia and she's been for a while. So her being down nine points is is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, What's that say about the rest of the country, though? Like if, if, if she's down nine points there, you cannot tell. And, and then Zeldin's up and possibly going to win the governorship. You can't tell me what you're going to say next. Well, we are going to talk about that in a second. But I wanted to. Now, this is a, a, the, the, the latest poll. I'm sure all of our listeners and most of our listeners are familiar with the performance that John Fetterman put on the other night. Uh, an absolute, we're not going to talk about it again. As of October 13th, Trafalgar Group had Fetterman up about 2.4% with 4% undecided. Okay. That was October 13th. Now, this is a different polling organization, but now this, this poll came out on Halloween. If this isn't a suppression poll, I don't, I, I don't know what is. Democrat, Pen- Democratic Pennsylvania Senate nominee John Fetterman is leading Republican Mehmet Oz by five points? 49 to 44? Huh? I, it's, what is going on? What is, go- he can't, how many times do I got to say it? How anyone, anyone who isn't, a paid shill can get behind this guy being a senator of the United States is beyond me. He can't speak. He can't talk. He can't understand. He can't do anything. And he never was sharp. And he never dressed sharp either. This and he poll, can't even dress himself now. I know. This poll was conducted October 24th to 26th among 620 likely voters in the margin of errors 4.4%. So this poll was conducted actually the day before, the day of, and the day after the debate, <clears throat> I believe, uh, with, with Oz. I so wonder how about, many people answered like Fetterman and then saw the debate and then killed themselves the next yeah. day. That provides a little bit of context, Joe. But you see, Joe, do you see what they're doing, though, Joe? This poll was wrapped up five, six days ago, and yet they released it. On November first, I mean, th- this is this is this is suppression. This is a suppression poll. This one, they want people to believe that Oz is going to lose this. You cannot tell me that Oz is down five points in this race. I refuse to believe it. Refuse. And it gets better. Well, I don't know how you can get better than that, but it does. In Arizona. In Arizona, I actually believe Oz is probably up 5% and not down 5%. He should be, listen, this should be an 80 to 20%. I've never, like, it, it has to be. How could it I not know. be? How, I know. How, how could it not be? I know. It, that, it was like an 80-20 favorability for Oz after the debate. As of October 27th, Adam Laxalt, the Republican nominee in Arizona, I'm sorry, Nevada, was up 4 0.2% on Catherine Cortez Massa, the Democratic incumbent, with 2% undecided. 4% he was up, according to Trafalgar. Okay? According to this poll, 
from New York Times Siena College. Again, this is from the New York Times. They have this as a statistical tie. Catherine Cortez Masto, 47. Adam Laxalt, 47. I, I, I just, you would it, think that they would even try to even, even this up a little bit, Joe, to cover themselves. The Fetterman one, the Fetterman one is one that you have balls to put in even up. Think of it as like you're setting a football line and you have the best team. Just, just, uh, I, I don't even know. You have to, what team to compare Fetterman to. It has to be like St. Mary's School of the Blind going up against a professional team. Yeah. Gal, you just the line? Deaf College. He, Fetterman, let's be honest. Let's be realistic. The only people that, that should vote Fetterman are people that are doing it as a, as a joke, to be funny. Uh, I, I could see yeah. you not voting for Oz of morals, but just don't vote then. Honestly, it's, it's terrible to say. How can you vote for a man that can't do the job? You're yep. asking. You're asking for problems. You're asking for someone yep. else to be making his decisions at best for you. Okay. Yep. In Arizona, as of the last poll we had from Trafalgar on October 18th, Mark Kelly was up by one point. Democratic incumbent Mark Kelly. In this. Poll from New York Times Santa College. Mark Kelly up six points over Blake Masters. Again, I refuse to believe this. I think this race is extremely close. It's probably going to be one, one or two points either way. But you can't tell me that Mark Kelly is up six points over Blake Masters. When Kerry Lake, we hope, is going to dominate Katie Hobbs in this race next Tuesday. They're outlandish. I mean, yeah. We have Raphael Warnock, the same poll here, up three points over Herschel Walker in Georgia. Again, very well could be, but I don't believe that for a second. It's not believable because of all the other ones. The Lee Zeldin one throws everything off, and the fact that Stacey Abrams is down nine points throws everything off. Mm hmm. Um, the polling, the polling, these polling, it's just, it just blows my mind. You know, they made, they messed up in 2020. They were severely wrong in 2016. This is from, this is from an hour ago. Hochul widens lead over Zelda in a New York governor's race. She had a really bad debate. This is from, this is from today. Yeah. The only reason it went unnoticed is because maybe Fetterman's the shit shield. Everyone just focuses on him as being the lone idiot when they're all idiots. Yeah. 52 to 44, they have her up. Are you kidding me? When the same poll that came out from Trafalgar today has Lee Zeldin up by a point. Somebody is wrong. Somebody's wrong. Maybe Trafalgar is over-polling, over-sampling Republicans. I mean, I, I, I don't feel that way, though. I don't feel that way, though. Um, <clears throat> but, Joe, I said this. Was it today or yesterday? We need to talk about this, Joe. We're a week away. I mean, we're, we're, we're in – this is crunch time now. How is the media going to spin the election results? What results? We're not gonna. We're, let's be. We know in Pennsylvania we're not gonna have results on election night. Yeah. What they're what they're gonna, 
it's how how are they going to try to benefit the Democratic Party? Yeah. The narrative, the, the narrative, well, they already have to have their narratives ready to go by now. Here's the narrative. Out. This is my opinion. The narrative is going to be, oh, you know, look at the seats Trump lost in 2018. Look at the seats Barack Obama lost in 2010. You know, that will be the narrative that they'll compare it to Obama losing and in, in saying this is this is the average number of seats that an incumbent loses during the, his first midterms in office. If if you hear them on election night start to speculate about, I think you actually might be getting into this next, Mark. Who's going to be on certain committees and the chairs and stuff like that, and what they're going to do as far as investigations. If you start hearing that on election night, then they know it's over for them, and they are worried. They are worried. Yeah, that's the only way you'll you'll know because. You're not. We're not going to have an answer on election night. I'm sorry. I'd I'd be shocked. I'd be totally shocked. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what I was alluding to earlier, talking about when we're going to get these answers sooner rather than later. The guy that's going to lead the Judiciary Committee when the Republicans take control of the House of Representatives, Jim Jordan from Ohio. Jim Jordan is the founder of the House Freedom Caucus. If you're not familiar, he is going to probably lead the Judiciary Committee, as I just mentioned. And I'm going to read you a quote from Barack Obama. If they get control of Congress, they will spend the next two years investigating President Biden and their political opponents. That's all they want to do. They see it as payback. They've already got prepared that, that they're going to impeach Biden. They're not sure what for. But apparently, that's beside the point. They're not sure what for? Are you kidding me? That's an insult. That's an insult, that quote. Um, you know what else is an insult? The, the fact that he, he thinks that people would just forget all of how, how hard they went after the last administration, even when they found nothing. Don't forget yep. how bad the, the January 6th committee looked when they accused Trump of trying to dive into the front of the limo and grab the steering wheel. I, I, don't, I, can't I take actually don't want them to impeach Biden. I just want I just want them to investigate the FBI, the collusion between big tech in the media, in the government, in the White House. I want them to investigate Hunter, the Hunter Biden laptop story. And I'll read you this quote from Jim Jordan. Here's what I want to focus on. Two years ago this month, 51 former Intel officials signed a letter that said the Hunter Biden story had all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. That was BS. People knew it at the time was BS. But they put that together, and that became the pretext for suppressing that story, Jordan said. That's what I want these guys to investigate. That is one of them. Subpoena, drag them all in front of Congress, and if they don't show up, give them the Steve Bannon treatment. And if you know anything about politics, and I know you know this, Joe, what agency falls under the Judiciary Committee? The FBI. Mm-hmm. By far the most important is the Justice Department that is not political. Jordan, ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, told Fox News. You cannot have a political justice department in a free society, a free country. Citing the testimony of, of over 14 FBI agents that have come to the House Judiciary Committee asking for whistleblower status 
in claiming that the Bureau has been politicized. This is what they're going to investigate. This is what they're going to investigate once they take over next year. And it's going to be a show. And we'll see if the media covers it. We'll see if the media covers it or even acknowledges it. So, um, going to be interesting. Going to be very, very interesting. I'm excited. It'll be must-see TV if it goes the way it should go. Yep. And like I said <clears throat> earlier, thanks to people like Steve Bannon and stuff like that who have been, in my opinion, persecuted, these people aren't going to be able to refuse subpoenas now. And they're yep. not going to be able to claim executive pri- privilege. So yep. forget that. Way to go, uh, people on the left yep. or whoever, whoever that idea was. Now they made their bed. They're going to sleep in it. And Jim Jordan, Jim Jordan's a tough, a tough dude. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's not going to play around with this. And as we wrap up here, um, there's going to be more. James Comer, who's in line to lead the powerful oversight and reform committee, James Comer from Kentucky, is also promising deep dives into the president and his administration, following a focus on Hunter Biden, the border, and the COVID-19 response. And Representative Mike Rogers from Alabama, as expected chairman of the Armed Services Committee, would likely use that perch to examine last year's deadly withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan. It's going to play out in the public realm here of the House next year. And uh, I think hopefully we'll get some answers. Another thing I want answers for, when we drone struck a family in Afghanistan, and no one got no one no one had to answer for that ever. Amazing. Nope. Um, that's what we got. Uh, we'll we'll hit disclose on Friday or disclose segment on Friday. Um, we wanted to keep this under an hour. And um, again, one week away, Joe. Take us home. Okay, so we are one week away from an election. I hope you guys know where to go to vote. Um, we are going to be next on Friday. We're going to give a lot of predictions about who's going to win uh, which race. It's going to be a fun episode. We're going to get on that. But um, our plans for election night are still up in the air. So if you have any suggestions or advice from us, let us know. Until then, thank you very much for listening. This has been Thinking Logically.